Moving day means that you and your things are in for a big transition. There's a lot to figure out. New closets, different counter space, change of floor plan. No worries. CubeSmart is here to help make your move as easy as possible. Online or in person, CubeSmart provides a self-storage experience that puts the focus on you because you matter most. Moving can be costly, and that's why CubeSmart is offering up to 25% off your monthly rent. Say goodbye to moving stress and hello to your new address with CubeSmart self-storage. Visit CubeSmart.com for more details. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at a rose. Ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Chelsea Handler. Welcome to Life Will Be the Death of Me, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Chelsea. Did you sleep over last night? I did. Oh. We cuddled. Oh, okay. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Thursday. I had a new documentary come out this week called Hello Privilege. It's me, Chelsea, which is streaming on Netflix. Brandon, did you watch it? I have. Mm -hmm. You have? Yes, I've seen multiple iterations of it, and then I I did watch the final version. And what was your takeaway? That we're all inherently privileged. I mean, that was from the beginning of watching the process is that you don't think of your skin color as providing you something that it does. What resonates with me the most is the unconscious bias, the stuff that we grow up with, the stuff that we are kind of made to believe is true, or this, these ideas that are inculcated in our mind, the system of, you know, a zero sum game kind of thing where you have to be doing better than everyone else around you. And in order to do that, you have to keep people down. Yeah. And I think unconscious bias is something that all of us can relate to because we are judgmental. Whether we act on it is one thing, but it's okay to admit that you have stereotypes in your head about people. That's all right, I believe, because then you can do begin the process of unfurling those stereotypes and those judgments against people. Or, you know, I know personally I felt superiority in my life, not to just people of color, to all people, just because of my position in life. I've definitely had moments where I felt superior to someone, you know, and I had to undress that in a big way because there is nothing that is superior about one person over another. You can see it in the documentary at times, too, where it's uncomfortable to acknowledge those things. And that's why people don't want to do it. They don't want to acknowledge the privilege or the things that they're provided or your bias towards a certain group of people. And until you do and until you make yourself uncomfortable, you're not going to get better. Like we're not going to get better. Yeah. And I think, yes, exactly. And the thing that everybody says is they don't like to get involved. They don't want to deal with conflict. Like when anything's uncomfortable. And I would argue it is our business to make ourselves uncomfortable. We owe that to everyone we've discriminated against as a white culture. We owe that to be uncomfortable. Yes. And to go directly to the source and ask the questions that it's so interesting because I see a lot of the feedback on your social media about people saying that you always put yourself in these uncomfortable positions of no one wants to sit down and talk about something that is one difficult but two that is a poor reflection on a larger group of people that all white people have a lot of work to do to make up for the discrimination for the bias that they have over minorities and you're willing to do that and it really I think you know a lot of people are commenting that they want to put themselves in those positions as well. 
Yeah. Because that's how we're going to progress. Yeah. And it is our onus. It is upon white people to deal with this problem. We cannot place it on people of color to fix the situation that we created. Yeah. So I'm really, really thrilled with all the feedback. I will be putting up books and actionable ways that you can get involved if you want to do something, which I hope you do, on my Instagram stories, on my social media platforms. And I want to continue this discussion because obviously I will make more documentaries and I am just getting started on this subject matter. So I would love everybody to give me their feedback because... The more you know, the more you grow, Brandon. Right. And now you're growing into something else. So the documentary wrapped up and you kind of put all of your attention, finished the book, the documentary, and now the cannabis line. Wow. Look at my producer just <sighs> bringing it segue. full circle. Brandon, uh, we are just a fine couple, aren't we? Are we are a dynamic duo, we aren't we? We are. Things are really gelling around here. Yeah, really. So we have an announcement about my weed line. I guess all of you guys have been hearing about all the vaping issues. And obviously, I am not ever going to put out a product that I don't feel confident about being good for my customers and safe. So we are going back to the drawing board because I don't want any chemicals in my vape pens. You are very adamant about this well, I, of course i want everyone to understand well because from this process we've found other companies may not have the same ethos right. ethically it is very important to take out all the chemicals like acetate e and polyethylene glycol and polyethylene glycol i probably said that wrong and vegetable oils this is all information you guys don't need to know but me as starting this brand i won't do it so i am postponing the launch of my weed line which was supposed to be in november just in time for the holidays we are shooting for february now and that's the reason why so i just want you to know that i am working hard on this to make this as pleasurable but more importantly as safe as possible for when my brand launches in February. And when it does, you'll know about it. So just so FYI, we recorded this episode a few weeks ago because we had one of my partners, Anna Ray from NorCal, which is the company I partnered with for my uh, cannabis line. And my sissy manager, partner, sister, brother, mother, father, sissy. Well, first, Allison, let's just talk about our history, first of all. Allison is Irving's daughter. Yes. Irving is my nugget. He's my manager from when I quit E and forgot Irving to tell and everybody. Daughter. Irving and Shelly's daughter, right. Shelly is part of the Los Angeles Mafia. And <laughs> if you run into her, just watch your back. Irving was my manager when I left E and I forgot to tell E that I was leaving. So I needed a manager to deal with them because they got pissed at me. I always forget to do things like that. Anyway, so he's been my manager since then. And then Allison can even join the team. Well, you did my 7-Up commercial. Yeah. And we did any endorsement, branding stuff I do with Allison. I started on all the brand stuff. And yeah. And then we had a love affair. Then we decided that Irving Azoff is, well, old. And <laughs> Allison is young and a newer, improved version of and- <laughs> And she likes weed. And, and she loves weed. Irving won't yeah. smoke weed. This is Irving. We did get him stoned once. We did, yeah. When we went to Palm Coachella Springs. when he had Steely Dan playing there. Yeah, we got him high once and once. he fell asleep he at the t- table. Like no, a, he, like a... he drove the golf cart into the... Remember he went forward oh, yeah, in the yeah, golf yeah, cart yeah. instead of backwards? But and... we got him stoned the other time and he fell asleep right at the table. Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. But there's no point in getting him stoned. He's too Waste. old to enjoy it. I like old men, though, that do want to get stoned. <laughs> That's what I'm into. Yeah, You know, anybody who doesn't smoke pot is kind of hard for me to take seriously or take edibles. Like if they're not down, then it's almost like then you're that screams to me uptight. Controlling a Mm -hmm. little, just like not wanting to lose control. You like people that are open. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be, I mean, yeah, you want to be open minded, not closed minded. I don't want fixed opinions about anything. Like I like to change my mind all the time. Yeah. All the time. Thank goodness. Brandon, I, I would bite your tongue right now. I think right she's now, very, 
And I'm here with Anna Ray, who's from NorCal, which is a company I partner with for my weed line. So we're here to discuss cannabis today and my passion for it and my new cannabis line, which Allison is in charge for introducing me to NorCal. So she's my little nugget manager. Anna Ray, can you tell us what your position is, who you are, how we met? Sure. I am the chief compliance officer for NorCal Cannabis. That's my partner. Yes, we are partners. And at NorCal Cannabis, what I do is I do public affairs. So I talk with government officials and elected officials about the cannabis industry and try to make it so that the legal framework is something that works for everybody and that the industry can flourish. I also oversee all of our licenses. So I make it possible for us to operate our business and get to make great products that we can bring to all of you. And I have been in cannabis for about 15 years. So I have really dedicated my whole professional career to this vision of creating long-term, substantive, real opportunities in cannabis for people because it really has changed my life in a way that I haven't been able to get away from it. It's just cannabis has followed me. It's had a tremendous impact on my opportunities, on my vision, on my direction, and it put me through grad school. So what we're building now with NorCal is basically the dream realized of what I've been trying to work on manifesting for a really long time. And so it's really exciting. The company is growing. We have tremendous partners like you, Chelsea, that are a part of what we're doing. And it's just, it feels like there's nothing that we can't do. And I'd also just like to add, because I work so closely with the NorCal team, that you guys have incredible talent, that you're bringing in such amazing people. And I've been just so, you know, it, uh, such a pleasant surprise to see how professional everyone is and how legit everyone is. And you are bringing over talent from places like, you know, Twitter and Airbnb and like all of these other categories where people are really smart and having thriving careers and are leaving those stable categories and coming into cannabis because it is so real and because it's becoming, it will be legalized nationally sooner than later. And it's just an awesome learning experience, especially for me and in, in, in what I do on a daily basis to meet the team and see the people that you guys are bringing over to, to NorCal. It's been a tremendous honor to, as we've grown the company for people to want to join us yeah. who have never been a part of the cannabis industry before. And it, to me, it, it speaks a lot about what we have accomplished, that people decided that they were willing to leave behind something that was more conventional and, and try something else. But one of the things that's also neat about our company is that we really were founded by people who have been in this for a long time. And so a core group of us really are carrying a flag about the heritage of the cannabis industry and the culture that we've created in California. And, and we look at this dynamic that we're creating of sort of the rootsy OGs and the new people who are coming in from marketing and tech as, as creating a, a really a, a dream team for us to be able to, to be able to stay authentic and humble to where we came from, but also to be able to, to take on a lot of the other big influences that are going to be coming in and, and do something that's really impactful. I didn't know we were supposed to get stoned for this episode. I was trying to clean out my system because Anna Ray, you told me, or someone from NorCal told me, in order to maintain a level of shit, 
to maintain like a, a low, solid a low baseline. To- tolerance, right? A solid baseline. Thank yes. you. Yes, you just need to be high yeah. all the time, and it, then you can just be extremely functional. Well, my problem is, is that I have a, such a high tolerance that the weed is just going through me. Like it's not having any impact. So I needed to take someone from your team told me to take either one day a week off of cannabis or one week a quarter. One week a quarter, and I don't know that how to divide right. quarters, so I just started <laughs> taking a day a week off. Also taking a week off. But that isn't like... today, right? No. Well, I just took a THC capsule that somebody gave to me at one of my shows on tour. Uh, it's 10 milligrams of THC, and they get you pretty fucked up. Brandon, do you want one? No, I'm good. Thank you. Brandon, are you stoned? Do. No. Okay, so everyone here is – are you stoned, Anna Ray? Only a little. I'm, I'm baseline. Let's yeah. talk about cannabis. I love cannabis. So let's talk about everybody's introduction because I was reintroduced to cannabis when it became legal in the state of California. And what I've discovered is that it's a much nicer way to go through life. Everybody's a lot less annoying. Everybody's a little bit more tolerable and I'm able to sit still. It's helped me meditate and it's helped me be less reactive. Brandon, you didn't start using drugs until you started working for me. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> Tell us about that. When I started... I wanted to get on Ambien and you said no, that getting on a sleeping pill was not a good idea and that I should just take like a bite of an edible before bed. And I really did not want to do that. I like how he talks about getting on Ambien, like he's riding it. It's well, like, Ambien I want to get on that. Ambien can be incredibly dangerous Yeah, too. that's why I advised him against it, sissy. Right. Thank she, you. she always knows Saving best. Saving his life, sissy. So I waited a few weeks and I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then someone at work gave me a peach ring. And that was my introduction to it. I just took a little bite of this candy peach ring before bed, and I melted into my pillows. Like, it was the best feeling in the world. And I thought, Ambien can't possibly give you this feeling. So, Well, you also don't remember it when you take the Ambien. Like, you take the Ambien, you go to sleep, you wake up. and Ambien's for birds. It's the worst. You don't know. I woke up with an empty pot of spaghetti in the driver's seat of a car. Naked. No, I have my clothes on, but I have my eye shades around my neck, and I had an empty pot of spaghetti in my car in the passenger seat. And you I can't had cook. No recollection. And I don't. Apparently, I went for a drive and I cooked spaghetti. So yeah, I don't, we don't keep pasta in the house. So, no. we had to so find I that either had to get it to go, and then went to a restaurant and cooked it. Who knows what happened? But all I know is that was the last time I took Ambien. Maybe one but more now, time after that. I've turned people onto it through that same way. That like if people are having a hard time getting to sleep because it just puts you in a nice state before you fall asleep. Like it's not going to knock you out, but mm-hmm. if you're ready to wind down at the end of the night just take a little bite of an edible or a blueberry the yeah. key of blueberries i really like uh-huh. and that just puts you in a good sleep space it is it's really calming and i think people are afraid of it they don't realize how much it can actually calm your system i mean it can also do the opposite if you don't you know if you misuse it but i feel like now with how it's dosed and everything about it just is incredibly calming and i think people really need to embrace that piece of it yeah i think everybody you know i had a problem with with sleeping pills. I took them all the time. And my big, my, the biggest thing for me was switching from sleeping pills to pot to go to sleep. So Anna Ray, what are the biggest complaints you hear? Anxiety, sleeping, what? Of the reasons people use cannabis? I think that people like to use cannabis to elevate their consciousness in all kinds of different ways. And it's just to open up and to level out. And so all the things that you're talking about, about being able to handle life better, that is absolutely what the average woman, I think, is really looking for. And gay man. And gay man. It feels like women and, and gay men and are human. on the same page about a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Like, we're we one should the band same. together and men, and those men should just come with us. And I the mean, men my husband's still... on my page. He's 
he's not gay, so I don't know where that puts him, but puts he him he's with... on our page. So I do I actually don't think that it's limited to gay men. Like I think that there is <laughs> No, cannabis is for everyone. everyone. That's one of the things yeah. that's so amazing is that it crosses all demographics. When we have looked into who the cannabis consumer truly is, it really is everyone. It's not one age, one gender, one race. It's everybody. And that is something that I can't think of another product that crosses so many boundaries and can bring people together, can make people happy when they're alone. Can heal. Can heal. I mean, it basically is as good for you as fiber. Yeah. That's good to know. Avocados, fiber, cannabis, kale, kale, kale. Don't kale, forget kale. kale. Everybody mm-hmm. loves kale. People can't get enough of this shit. They've <laughs> moved on to Brussels sprouts. Uh, no, Brussels sprouts are already out. They didn't oh. even stick around for very long. People are already over Brussels sprouts. Now it's cauliflower. So oh, sick that's of all true. this fucking roughage. Anyway, I feel like a lot of my girlfriends have major anxiety about having an edible. People have this thing because everyone's been served a bad edible. Everybody's had been OD'd, you know, and and been in a corner of a room. In my experience, I was in Mexico. I watched six of my family members just pass out in front of me, and I sat in the dark for four hours. So I know what a bad edible. Those were that was a chewy chuba, and those were strong. And I like chewy chubas, but not with my family again because they're pussies. <laughs> what are you laughing at, sissy? Your you... sister has a very different version of that story. Oh, really? Yeah. I would like to hear it. I mean, she acknowledges that the that that the time she does it, that she doesn't necessarily like love it, but that she's always happy that she does it, and she always has fun and laughs, and right. then passes out. Yeah, so she has a they're different weak. Version. My family's weak, and all the girls are weak to drugs. They have a low tolerance, and so you give them an aspirin, and everyone you know looks at you sideways. So fuck them. No, they're good people. Well, I will say, you know your dosage. <laughs> Yes. When, when I know you're what a, people need. When you're in a yeah. room with someone, you can tell me, like, when I got you those THC pills, oh, sorry, we shouldn't say that because she said she got them in Denver. When you got those THC pills and I oh, saw no, them. Oh, no, if these are the ones that you got me, that's fine to say. I don't know what, what I'm taking. Yeah, she can't remember a thing because she's always stoned. But so I, I had given her the THC pills and I'd asked her how they were. She had taken them one day. And she's like, I was off the walls. Like, this is great. I love this. And she goes, but you can't have one. You couldn't, you couldn't tolerate it. And I trust that. I know she knows yeah. what's best for me, just like anyone else. She's like, oh, you know, Mary should not have a blueberry or so-and-so should definitely yeah, take Mary one of doesn't these. Yeah, like, Mary doesn't like the weed. But most of my friends, everyone I know now takes edibles. Almost every, I mean, my last night I was out with my friend's mom and she was like, bring the blueberries, the ones you're talking about yeah. that everyone loves. What's so amazing is that now people can find their dose. And so you said that you got into this a couple years ago with legalization. I've been in cannabis for a long time. And 10 years ago, there was no such thing as dosing. And so that's why people have so much fear from edibles is because everybody has a story of their friend from high school that made brownies and they were hiding under a sheet on the couch all night. But now that you have dosage, because we have a regulated cannabis marketplace, this is not the same thing. And when you're talking about a blueberry or an edible, like you can depend on good products and you can find stuff in the market that that you that even if you're afraid to try the first time, maybe once you try it, you realize that it was a good experience and that you can go back and you can keep having the same experience because there's like consistency. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is a lot of times when people are reintroduced to it, they will take something like a blueberry or a small piece of chocolate and They'll say, like, I had a friend say, well, I don't feel any, like, I don't feel fucked up from this. And I think the whole point is that's not 
how you're yeah. supposed yeah. to feel anymore. You're not like, supposed exactly. to feel fucked up no. unless yeah. you want that. You want to feel like you're taking the edge off. Yes. Sanding down the edge. Sometimes I do really want to feel Well, then you take <laughs> no, a me green. Too. Sometimes well, I'm like hiding together. in my front, you know, like <laughs> my front more. Lawn. Yeah, because I'm no. like, oh God, it's been a day. But I think just to go back to what you're saying, and, and I think I see it in a really different perspective as someone who like, grew up in Los Angeles and has been around this culture for a very long time. And like, you know, for me, I, yeah, I smoked a lot of, of pot in college and coming out of college. And then I did have kids and I did sort of take a break from, from it because I did have that fear that you're talking about because everything becomes greater when you become a mom, right? Okay. There's All right. so just much calm, more just calm down. to we lose. Get it. So for me, it was, Getting reintroduced, I got reintroduced to it when PAX came out with the vaporizers mm-hmm. that you put the actual flower in the bottom of the vaporizer, and it was life-changing. It, to your point, and to your point, it didn't, doesn't get me fucked up. It genuinely, I think, makes me better at everything in a good way, in a positive way in the sense that, like, I have more patience, I can communicate better, I, you know, I see the world so much better in a more positive spin I have you know, more clarity all the time. And I think that, you know, I wish for all of, you know, people that I care about and that are in anyone that they can embrace it like that. Because if people keep having the stigma around it, and that's why I'm so excited for you to do this brand, because I think that people trust you. And I think that you have such, you've done not on purpose, but but you have done your research because you because it has impacted your life so positively that the authenticity that you bring to it and the conversation that you can bring to it that you can get people to trust you that it's actually going to benefit them in the long run is like really awesome. So I'm super excited, you know, to be able to to watch that come into the marketplace and hopefully help other people. Yeah, and I think there are different reasons for everybody. You know, like you're saying. Like, there is a time, you know, that THC capsule, like, I was out to lunch with my friend. She was going through a hard time. We're sitting there. And it hit me two hours after I had taken it. So I was, you know, driving along with my driver, Billy, and he drops me off at lunch. And so I was fine when I got there. And then halfway through, she's pouring her heart out to me. And I was stoned out of my mind. And I was, this was just this weekend. And I was like, uh, uh. And finally, she stopped. I was like, I just got to tell you, I'm super high right now. It just hit me. I took a capsule about three hours ago. I can hear you. I just want you to know, I don't know where this is going. And then I was able to enjoy myself. Yeah. Because I knew the pressure was off. I didn't have to drive anywhere. You know what I mean? I was in a situation where I could be okay. You're creating a safe space Space, for yourself. Safe space. Which is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Like, I think you have to have like a mantra for yourself when you're getting stoned. A, I'm not going to be a fucking pig. And B, I'm in a safe space. Like, set an intention. You know how they talk about when you meditate and all of that stuff. You know, you can just say, I'm going to have a great time. And if you want to try something out for the first time, do it at your house where you're relaxed with people that you feel safe with and just try a half of whatever you really want to try and see how it affects you. And then the next night you can have a whole one if you liked it or you can never do it again. But I think it's really important to impress upon people to really this is helpful to you and it's out there and it's ready for you to grab. The truth is there for you to grab. There's Write this. that down, please, somebody. Grab the truth. Grab the truth Grab the by truth. the balls. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving some of your goals, I want you to know that there is online counseling available for you. It's called BetterHelp. 
BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in all sorts of issues. So as we all know, everybody's dealing with something. So whatever your issue is, I want you to know that there is an outlet for you. I know everybody can't afford to go to a psychiatrist or seek professional help in their personal lives. You may not have the time, but everyone can go online. It's confidential, and for uh, Life Will Be the Death of Me with Chelsea Handler listeners, you will get 10% off your first month with discount code CHELSEA. So you can get started today. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Chelsea. GEICO knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that GEICO always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. GEICO Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. There's this idea of self-titration. What that means is is um, being able to self-dose yourself. And one of the things that I really like about um, like vape pens or smoking flowers is that you feel it immediately. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to wait two hours like you did at lunch and like find yourself in some awkward spot. You can try it and then you can decide to like take another hit or take another hit after that because you feel it right away. And I think that's a really good entry point if someone feels comfortable with the vape and and going through that process of inhaling something. And I know some people don't and they want to eat, which is cool. But I like to be able to feel it right away. So then I can mm-hmm. make the choice of like, do I want to go deeper? Do I want to go one more time? Or am I good? And then you can just be like, cool, I'm good. And also it doesn't last as long. When you take a mm-hmm. hit of a weed yeah. off a of vape, it's like 30 minutes, right? Yeah. What is the time for that? Is there a time? No, I mean, everyone is different, you know? Like how much coffee you had and how much food you ate and how much you're sweating, all those things. It's like moving through your system. Uh-huh. But I don't know. For me, I think 30 minutes sounds about right. But that's also why edibles can be unpredictable for a lot of people is because it depends on what you've eaten, kind of what you have going on. And so it can be delayed or it can hit you right away and fade faster or you end up taking two because you're like, well, I haven't felt that yet, so I'll take another. That's the mystery. Part of it, though, if you can get over that fear and just do it, that process in and of itself is good for you. Well, I think that's the thing. Everybody has this, like, fearful nature about it if they're resistant to marijuana. Some people aren't. Some people are like, yeah, let's go full throttle. Some people are very fearful. And that fear will drag into your pot experience unless you release it and say, I'm not going to be fearful right now. This is fun. I'm at the beach. I can take a five milligram and handle it myself. I'm not going to die. Yeah. And it's just going to improve your beach experience. And yeah, right. And who knows? Maybe you'll get on it. The thing that I find to be always a conversation starter when it comes to cannabis and I'm at, you know, dinners with friends or with couples is I watch my friends drink after drink after drink and I'll have one to their like three. Mm -hmm. And it's because I've, you know, either gotten stoned before I got there or gotten stoned while I was there or whatever it is. They wake up feeling like shit when they're drunk. It's not as cool. You say some stuff you probably wouldn't say when you were stoned. Like, it's not like... Well, when you're stoned, you can't remember what you were going to say, so it works out perfectly. Well, that's just in isolation to me and you. Mm -hmm. That's our special time together. That's That's called... That's our special time. That's called A++ time. (laughs) 
I think we'll be we'll, like in deep conversations and she'll just be talking. I'll look at her and be like, what are we talking about? And, and then I'll like, be like, I can't remember. I don't know. And then usually she pees at some point. <laughs> I've stopped peeing, but she continues to pee. She peed on my hotel room floor in some city on my first weekend at tour. She peed. She, we were laughing so hard in my hotel room. We were that stoned. is not a side effect of cannabis. It's not. It's a side effect of being a mother. Of having three kids and, and, and having Chelsea make you laugh way too hard. But anyway, we were FaceTiming with her husband, and oh. then she dropped trown, fell on the floor, and I looked out from the bathroom. I was like, what the fuck is going on out there? And she's on the floor with her ass out, just urinating. I mean, it was really just a low point. I don't think my or ass true love. I don't think I could get my pants off. <laughs> Either way, your husband yeah. hung up. <laughs> he was like, he's like, see you later, girls. He's like, yeah, it looks like a work trip over there. Yeah, boondoggles, <laughs> what we call that. Anna, let's talk about, because we came up to Santa Rosa where your headquarters are located because we've been coming and brainstorming and getting my brand together, which is we're going to announce whenever we can once we get our name trademarked. And you had like a party for us, which was so lovely. And you had CBD drinks, Mm -hmm. which for me, you know, I've been pivoting to cannabis rather than alcohol. I went through a, a phase where I realized I didn't have to do both at the same time. And then I just veered towards the the cannabis it was a perfect party for me because you had the cannabis drink. So you were getting stoned while you were drinking, which is genius. And that's what everyone's going to start doing in no time. But Sissy, you've seen firsthand me change my drinking, right? Yeah. You've seen me when I was- 100%. Um, well, tell us about that for people out there who are like me. No, yeah. I mean, when I first met you, you were a heavy drinker. I think that you, and and that's what I love so much about you is that you're so open and vocal. Like you don't, you don't care what people think. You just want to share who you are and all those things. And you did that with liquor too. Like you would be like, I love my vodka and I'm going to drink vodka and it gets me drunk and I love it. And boom, that's that. And then when you kind of transitioned into this cannabis, again, it was, it was, it was organic for you. It wasn't like you consciously were like, I'm going to switch to cannabis. It was kind of that perfect storm for you with cannabis and with therapy and with meditation. And they all played into each other. And because you were getting so much fulfillment from that piece of your life, like the liquor became less and less and less unintentionally. And yeah, you still have a drink here and there, but it's like meme. I'm, I'm one to three compared to some of my girlfriends or, you know, anyone. And, and I think that it, it has had a massively positive impact on you. And, and I've noticed just how, I mean, I know you're going to laugh at me, but you're just softer because of it. I think you're softer partially because of the cannabis, but I think you're you're softer because you don't drink, so you're not, like, mm-hmm. feeling shitty, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you, you don't physically feel shitty. Well, the be- the best part is everyone's saying, oh, wow, you look so great, and you, you start to drop weight, and then that becomes addictive, so it's just vanity. I like to look good. Like, and as you <laughs> age, you have to be careful yeah. with alcohol and then what it does to your skin and bloating. Yeah, but you didn't even realize that until you stopped drinking. No, everyone who drinks every day thinks yeah. that they're not a victim of that until yeah. you stop drinking, and you're like, "Oh, oh, I'm thin." <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be so much easier. I don't know. I don't have that. I don't drink a lot, and I'm not. So, <laughs> if you could figure that piece out for me, that'd be great. But yeah, I, I, I think that the transition that you've got that you've had from being a heavy, heavy drinker into now, you know, a casual social drinker has been a really positive thing for you and and just your whole being 
So you can make amazing cocktails with cannabis. Yeah. And you can put alcohol in them, but you can also skip the alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. When, when you came and we had the party, we were doing like cucumber mint juice with tincture in it. And some people were putting tequila in it with the tincture and some weren't. Oh, I would have done that had yeah. I known that was an option. I think I did that. Yeah, good for um, you. But, you know, I think that it, alcohol and cannabis in one beautiful cocktail together is like the very best time ever. Yeah, that's like an eight ball. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> but also, if you are going down the health path, it's like the idea of still getting to have a delicious, luxurious drink with your ladies. Like, we all want that. And if you can put a health elixir in it one that is maybe going to like lift you a little bit but also be good for you well that's the thing it's socially too I'm so much better like I used to be I used to walk Mm -hmm. into social environments whether it was for personal or professional and I would just get like this and be like oh my god I I don't ah," you know and I would stumble and I wouldn't you know what I want to do it and now it's like I'm like oh I have to go to that work dinner I'm gonna eat a blueberry before and literally I could talk to any stranger in the room but like actually have a conversation not like oh she's stoned out of her mind like having real conversations that lead to work and like great things so it's just it also really helps that I think it definitely gets my creative juices flowing if you just leave things alone and go about your day like I get more creative and I get more bursts of like creative flows when Mm -hmm. I when I'm a little bit stoned too you know and even if you do get stoned to be creative, like people do that a lot. I haven't really done that, but I definitely polished up my book and like touched it up and punched it up when I was stoned. I'd always take an edible and go, okay, go, yeah. go write a you funny chapter. You came to Idaho last summer for a couple of weeks and did a lot of writing and like would have an edible and run off into the lake for two hours and come back with a book chapter. Yeah. Because I was writing in the water like she just described. I went off with a book and, and on the beach in the water and my typewriter, <laughs> my desktop. Because so for mothers out there who are talking, yeah. we're talking about this, mothers who have to drive their kids around all day. You know what I mean? People who want to get a better yeah. understanding of, you know, what it's well, like to. You're a mom. I am. And how many kids do you have? I have one. Yeah, I have. Toddler. Th- I have a girl and a boy at home, three. Bert and Bernice. Yeah. <laughs> I have three boys who are currently four and a half, seven, and nine. So for me, it also really helped with my patience. Like after I had my third son, I i mean, it was a fucking nightmare. I mean, who knew what time of day it was? Who knew who was which kid? Who who knew who had like a diaper on and didn't? It was, a, it was madness. And it's just escalated into more madness. It's beautiful madness, but it's madness at all times. It's, it's a Calgon commercial is what it is. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it, it, it made me such a better mom. Like it, it really, I know that sounds crazy, you guys. I know my friends laugh at me. I have some that can completely relate and they're like, I get it. I totally get it. And then I have some who like just laugh at me and think I'm a, I've lost my mind but at the end of the day like I have more patience I enjoy the time with them so much more like they could all be running around naked peeing on floors and with their mom peeing (laughs) and then all start peeing the whole family's peeing (laughs) and like it's all good I'm it's all good like I'm just able to figure it out even if I have to get angry like you're gonna get angry when that pee turns into defecation and all of you guys are (laughs) shitting in the house and that's when you're gonna really find never gonna happen find your ground zero (laughs) literally if that happens that then you need to take the cannabis away like if I ever become okay with that that's when 
We need like a cannabis intervention. That's like right. this is not acceptable. Yeah, I would my just, word on that. I would yeah. like to point out a recurring theme in these podcast episodes, which is shit. People yeah. are shitting themselves. I noticed that when I listened shits. to the yeah. Wait till I, you hear. It. Yeah, I know. It's just something that happens. And you know what? I'm not opposed to talking about shit because everybody deals with it. So Allison, happens. I, I was hanging out with four of my closest friends over the weekend. We had mom's spa day on Ooh, Saturday. Nice. It was amazing. You that should, sounds should come lovely. next time. But all of these women, none of them work in cannabis, and they're all moms, and they all were just telling me how cannabis has become this like key coping oh, mechanism for their it parenthood. Is. And I'm not somebody that was like a before and after because I've always yeah. had cannabis in my life. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, life was terrible before, and then I found it. I've just been maintaining for You're a the long OG. time. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of an OG. But my girlfriends aren't that way, and they were all just like gushing to me about how much better they are at surviving their lives and their careers, which are their, every single one of these women. They're all the breadwinners in their households. They're moms. They're executives. They're badasses. Mm-hmm. And they all love weed. Yeah. And so it's like, Yes, there's tons of new consumers and new women consumers that are coming, but I think also a lot of women just need to be like, hey, let's come out of the closet and admit that we're all into this. Like, like that's like what's cannabis. so sad is that we have that there like has to be an an admission to it. Well, that's know? why we're doing this though, right. because I want to empower and embolden women to be proud of their cannabis usage yeah. and take the power back. Absolutely. So, like, I think there is a difference though. There's a degree of like but they coping, don't, they and then don't there's have a problem. Is, they don't have a problem being like, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine when no, I no, get home. No, because wine's legal because we've been conditioned but to think that alcohol. Is legal now. I know, I know, but people need to warm up to the idea, yeah. and that's what that's why we're doing. Like the Lord's at my work. kids' school, to go back to your question, at my kids' school. You, they do this thing called party book. And so moms host all the, you know, and you go in and you sign up and you pay however much it is for a ticket. And then the moms host it, whatever. There's different books. So there's tons of wine nights, like like tons of them for mom wine nights. And I'm like, let's do a mom cannabis night. And they're like, you're not allowed. And I'm like, huh? Yes, you are. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, well, no, I guess with can't. schools, no. but see, that's, that's cool. why I'm not a mom because you I would have started respectful. that a long time ago with my little baby. No, you got to be respectful, but there will be a day that it will be legal. I understand, or or that it will be accepted. I understand that it's still so new and people are still like trying to grasp it. Well, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s in San Francisco, and it was this huge movement about normalizing gayness, right? And people kept talking about it was the time that everyone was coming out of the closet and that everyone said that the thing that normalized gayness the best is, is when the person that works next to you in a cubicle turns to you and says, hey, you might not know, but I'm gay. And they're like, oh, but you like coffee and sandwiches just like me. Mm-hmm. And and it's like this complete normalizing of like, oh, this person that I relate to or that I sit next to at my cubicle is actually different and is of a, it does something that I didn't realize was something that was normal for me. And in some ways, I think, Chelsea, what you're doing with cannabis is similar. You are loudly coming out of the closet, and there's all these people that listen to you and read your books, and they're like, oh, well, she's someone that I see myself in, and I relate to her, and she's into cannabis, so maybe cannabis is normal after all. So I think a lot about the time that we are in in the cannabis evolution and the story of the plant is about the coming out time, kind of like the 80s and 90s. I That's like, a good analogy. I, yeah, I like coming out. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good way to say it. Everybody needs to come out. Come out for cannabis. Well, let's talk about, though, because there's a difference between escapism and coping. Like, 
coping is a one way, you know, one thing that people need to do. And then there's when you do like you and you ask to see when you and I do want to get blottoed, there's, you know, we ramp it up and we go smoke a joint, you know, and, and sit outside underneath the stars caressing each other on the lower back, <laughs> the small of our backs. But that's escapism. Coping with a situation is like a situation where I have to go into a meeting that I know I'm going to be bored at, that I take a blueberry or I take a hit of my vape. So just so that I am a little bit more patient with how long things take and how long people seem to talk. That's like motherhood. Think about that. Right. It's well, the which, same which thing. is why I'm not cut out for it and which is why I opted out. And it's not too late. Thank you. That would be one <laughs> hell of a baby that I would <laughs> take to full term. And then there's also just kind of the people who suffer from social anxiety. And what I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying was, I've never had social anxiety, but I went through a period of time where I was anxious going. Like I was gone for a year and I came back and I just started going to all these events with friends to catch up with people. And I remember having social anxiety at that point because I had been removed from my like circle for so long. And I remember going to all these events and being like, oh my God, I feel nervous. Like I feel like antsy. And it is true that you just, you don't feel the need to make small talk as as grossly as you do when you're stoned. You know what I mean? You're okay with the silence. You're okay with talking to somebody and not drilling them with questions because you're nervous about silence. You're able to sit with strangers and have normal, calm conversations for from weed, I think. And it with the social anxiety part of it, I think it helps people not be in their head so much. What do I say? What do I do? Where do well, I talk I to? Where do think- I sit? It's just also a lot more digestible to be on the receiving end of it as well. Like you have, you got to think of it from both sides, right? It's funny you just said that because I literally just wrote down small talk. I said to my mom the other day, she was like, are you going to come with me to this thing? And I was just like, no, I'm not. And she's like, why? And I was like, well, two reasons. You know, one, I already have something I can't get out of. And two is like, I've just kind of evaluated the fact that we all live such busy lives and they're all just getting busier, right? Like everything, whether it's work, whether it's being a mom, whether it's friendships that you have to maintain, you know, anything. And so I have very little free time to myself, like to my actual self, right? Like between my job and my husband and my kids and my family and everything. My husband wants to have sex with her all the time. Anyway, this is about cannabis, not sex. We can talk about sex on a different episode if you want. But my point is, is that my I, I literally had this realization where I was just like, my time is so limited. So I want to make sure that I'm doing things with people that make me feel good and people that I actually want to talk to, because it is so it's becoming harder and harder to go to stuff and actually have conversations with people who who are lovely people and who I like and who are wonderful. But the small talk where they're just basically talking to me about my Instagram feed. And they're like, oh, I saw that you went on this vacation. How was that? And, you know, I see this and da, da, da. And it's just like, gosh, you know, I know everyone's coming from a good place, but it's it's hard. And so when you have, when you're stoned and you're in those situations, you just embrace those conversations. Yes, that's what and it is. You lean you in. Just, yeah, you just embrace them and then you actually get more out of them and you enjoy them more. Mm-hmm. And so... I guess whoever's listening, anytime they see me, just know I'm really stoked. <laughs> <laughs> the world is a crazy place. But, We're all just trying to survive. But I'm enjoying our conversation a my lot sister, more. Simone and I were up at that Wisdom 2.0 conference that I did with my psychiatrist a few months ago in San Francisco. And we went to the dinner because my guy was like, Dan said, come to the dinner. There's going to be a lot of, you know, all of the speakers are going to be there. And I was speaking. So I went to the dinner. And right before we walked in, Simone and I popped an edible. And, I, and then we split up. And then 
when I saw her at the end, I was like, oh, I saw her like two hours later. I was like, oh, hey, let's go. I'm done. And she was like, I'm really stoned. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. I was looking for you because I'm not stoned at all. Again, another indicator that my tolerance has gotten too high. But we... <laughs> <laughs> when we left, I mean, the way that it affects you differently, I mean, she, but it was a perfect buzz. She goes, I'm really stoned. I'm having a great time. Let's go out. You know, it makes you want to be social. Yeah. Whereas sometimes you, some people revert, they want to be stoned and go home and be alone. That's good. But there's a social aspect to marijuana too. And there's strains that actually kind of trigger being social. And I want to talk to you about the Anna Ray, about the THC. You're being very quiet, Brandon. Do I'm you just have taking to, are you, it all in. Do no. you have stomach cramps or something? No. Are, are we on our period? I, we are. Oh, okay. No, then so true. I may. We. Um, We're on the same cycle. Oof. We've linked Brutal. up. Um, oh, well, I have a question. For anyone who's listening, because again, I'm a relatively new user, but I think that CBD has kind of been a good gateway for a lot of people getting into THC, that it's like a, you know, a touch point like, oh, well, I'm drinking this CBD water, and then they get introduced to the THC aspect. So for anyone listening who doesn't know the difference between those, NRA, can you tell them? What, what the differences are. Sure, I'll certainly try. So the idea is that there are a whole lot of cannabinoids in the cannabis plant, in the flower, which is what we make all the products out of. And we've heard of THC and CBD. Those are the cannabinoids that are some of the most prevalent and popular. There's over 100 cannabinoids in, in cannabis. But THC is the one that gets you really high. When you say really high, you mean like changes your mental state? Yeah, you know, like I, I want to be careful of because I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I'm a doctor. Chelsea's the doctor. And people, because I work in cannabis, they love to ask me what they should be doing to make them feel better. And I mean, I think cannabis is the solution for everything, but I am not a doctor, so I should say that. I would also like to say um, that I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so, you know, when the psychoactive experience that you have when you consume cannabis often comes from THC. Okay. But then there's other things that might be affecting your body from the other cannabinoids that you don't feel but that are positive. Mm -hmm. And CBD is one of the cannabinoids that can provide someone lots of positive benefits that they may or may not feel. So CBD is anti-inflammatory and it really helps people that have pain often. And sometimes people that have sleeping problems talk about using CBD as something that just helps them to relax. But, you know, if I have a cocktail that I put CBD in, I don't feel anything from it at all. Nothing. And yeah, zero. And zero. If Is that has, just because we're active cannabis? No, it's because users. CBD does not have any psychoactive effects that come as a right. result of it. You know, you got to think about it in that it's really hard to separate one cannabinoid from the other. So usually when you get a product, it might be high in CBD, but it still has some THC in it. And so you're going to get high from the THC, get that feeling. That, mm -hmm. that like CBD, though, feeling. activates the THC, right? Maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, I thought I heard that at one of our meetings. I think I've heard that. Yeah, we'll check on that. Yeah. But And then the THC, so why, why it's hard to isolate a strain. For instance, the THCV is the strain that I'm drawn to because it suppresses an, your appetite. And it's kind of like pot's answer to Adderall is yeah. how I would describe it. And it works for me. It decreases my appetite, but it's hard to get it alone. You have to mix it with other things yes. to activate it, correct? Yeah, because it comes from a plant, right? And so it isn't actually a strain. There's many different strains that might have THCV in it, but that plant that has THCV in it is also going to have 
THC, it's going to have CBD, it's going to have CBG and CBN and all these other letters that are all these and different And what is CBG? Do you know what CBG is? Um, it is another cannabinoid. I'm it's not a great sh- name for a band. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly what the effects are. That's one of the things, you know, cannabis is so new. There are so many studies that have yet to be done. And and that's why everybody ways- should wade in carefully, right? Like sure. everyone should come in now that you have a microdosing possibility. I know this isn't available everywhere in the country yet, but it will be because everyone's realizing now that there's no turning back and Republicans can even make money from this. But you can just enter the marketplace. I mean, there are mints available like where, where we live for two and a half milligrams, those yeah. Petra mints, which are great, especially yeah. for skiing, right, Brandon? Oh, we yeah, ski we together on those. Because you're not <laughs> fucked up, but you're. it's a little bit of an uptick for mm-hmm. me, especially if you're in an environment, if you're outdoors. It's whatever you make it is what I would was what I, how I feel about cannabis. Like if I want to go to bed, then I'm in that mindset to go to bed. I don't rely so much on the indica versus sativa. I find that yeah. to be kind of misleading. It is, absolutely. Well, I think, so there are a lot of, what we're talking about, there are a lot of words associated with cannabis that people might not know or might have been given misdirection yeah. on. So to Chelsea's point, sativa and indica, those are two different strains that people often look at like on the packaging for an edible or whatever that is supposed to give them an indication of the feeling that they'll get. But that's not often the case yeah and so they're not really strange horny they're they're type of they're type of plants right they're categories they're families right um and and so yeah they don't give you the effects that people think people think oh indica couch lock sativa upper right it's just not like that but like when we were skiing for instance i would take it i would take a petra he would take one they're two and a half milligrams and you're up it's yeah, like you're up, great. you feel upbeat, you're happy, you have more energy because you're surrounded by the mountains and that's the vibe that you're going to get, you know, lean into. Well, I think to your point is that if you're already in that mindset where we wanted to be out skiing, we were already having a good time, it just elevated us. Yeah. To- you're being enhanced. Yes. But that's what cannabis does, period, across the board. Right. So whatever yeah. state you're it, in, whatever it will, state, it just—it's it, like when I gave Chunk a sleeping pill on his flight to Spain, and he was in a state of agitation. I later found out, so he was in a constant <laughs> state of agitation. Excuse me, Brandon. I love he was that in a story. Okay. okay. He was in a constant state of agitation after I gave him the pill. So, you know, that didn't work out for him. No. So if you're in a bad mood and you take pot, it's probably just going to be more bad on bad. You know what I mean? You should I be don't in know. a... No, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I'll be in a bad mood and I'll be like, I just got to get stoned. Well, if you're and, stressed. And then I'm happy. Yeah, that's you know, true. That, that, like, even, even when was it? The other day I was like, oh, I have a really bad headache and I'm just grumpy. I'm going to smoke a joint. And yeah, it, you need it, to it find turned your baseline. Me, it turned me around and like it turned my day around. Cannabis just isn't you. a depressant. It's so, not. So if, you, if you're agitated about something with the kids or with work or you're stressed, it really does just take the edge off. It kind of puts you back to center, and you can deal with a lot more that way. Do you have kids, way. Brandon? Well, I feel like Sounds I have one like sitting next you, to me. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. But Chelsea, Roll you know, with, with the products, I think that all these questions you have are the same kind of questions that everyone has. People are confused about cannabinoids, then people are talking about I was about pronouncing potency. it cannabinoids. Is that wrong? Are you saying it the right way? I don't know. I think I'm saying it the right way, but someone else probably thinks I'm saying it the wrong way. So Okay, so either way, yeah, cannabinoids, either way. cannabinoids. Yeah, I'm not matter. judging you. Hopefully you're not I'm judging not, me. No, I'm judging it's myself, good. actually, which is where I'd like to stay. <laughs> well, another important part of, not to go back to your brand, but something that I've really enjoyed getting to see the brand be built is your emphasis on education for people who are getting reintroduced. Because like you said, a lot of people have a bad experience early on and then they don't know how to get back into it or, you know, they're hearing inaccurate information. And so that's something that's been at the forefront for you is anyone who is interested in getting back into it, 
the packaging, the way things are described, giving them an accurate representation to help them reintroduce themselves in a way that they're not going to turn on it again. Yeah, you want to feel safe. I want people to feel safe. I don't want people to feel scared because it's just, yeah. Okay, well, this sounds like a good time to take a break. Mattress Warehouse knows that buying a mattress can be tough. With so many choices, where do you start? Introducing Bedmatch, a patented diagnostic system that determines your pressure points and recommends the mattresses that are best for your individual sleep needs. And it's found only at Mattress Warehouse. Come try Bedmatch at a mattress warehouse near you. Visit sleephappens.com for locations and get free next day delivery on select purchases. Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Nope, it's from Geico because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And what's so cool is how actively involved you are in putting the product vision together. Yeah. Um, This is not a celebrity endorsement. This is you spending an enormous amount of time with our team trying to figure out exactly what we want to launch together. It's authentic, which has been a really fun process to get to to be a part of. Yeah, it has been really fun. It's been fun to take because like Allison said, you know, with the therapy, with the pot, with the, all of it kind of works together, the meditation. I mean, you don't really meditate, Allison, right? I don't meditate. No, no but I mean, Brandon just started meditating. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a couple's meditation later, Brandon, I'd because like to. we have the whole day. But I think all of it goes together. Like even oh, Dan, yeah. my psychiatrist, is like, I just love you on the pot. It's softer. It's gentler. I, I have to be honest. I love you on the pot. Mary too. says it too, and Mary always tells the truth. I could tell there was like the past a few weeks ago, you weren't on the pot as much, and it was there was a visible difference, mm. right, Brendan? Yeah, it was when she had to, she had to take a little break because of her cough. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got sick, and so I couldn't smoke anymore. And I was that like, was, "Is she okay? What's but, going on?" Uh, yeah, that I was irritable. We were but at the that's house. That's not good either. I have to be able to. Re- this is what Dan tells me. He says, "Chelsea, if you can maintain that level of happiness and contentment when you're stoned, it's already in your psyche. So you yeah. should be able to access that on any day without the pot." And what I want to say to Dan is, I'm not there yet, but you're working towards it, mm-hmm. and you will get there. Mm-hmm. You will. Thank Maybe you. people like. Me or Brandon need to remind you when you're not on the pot and you're starting to not show those signs that you need to. I'll shoot you a text. You can handle that. (laughs) You shoot me a text. I'll Marco Polo. Why don't you shoot me the text and that way we can just deal with it. (laughs) I'll just be on an errand when that happens. Uh Uh, But the other morning we were at the house. Norca had sent all the samples and there were. I don't know how many. Like 500 pens now. No, there were 50. I'm picking the flavors right now for everybody. So I'm picking the flavors that I think, well, I want to pick the flavors that I like first and foremost so that whatever, you know, applies to one person applies to many. But we're going to do a limited release. So I have to like nail down the real flavors I like. And so there's a lot of contenders. With all of these flavors that you were testing, we were sitting at the counter and they they sent us a bracket to narrow down what her top picks bye, were. Bye, bye. Well, so this is nine in the morning. <laughs> we're sitting here and Shocker. we're going through we're going through the bracket, tasting all the flavors, and we spent the entire day together. We went to lunch, we hung out in the afternoon. It was Brandon's favorite day ever. It was the best day. I'm like, of this course. is how every day should be. If everyone just woke up and it, had a little cannabis. I said I go, I have a full day, but I have no other time to taste all these pens and to do the flavors. I'm like, I'm just gonna have to get stoned right now. And sure enough, turned into a great victory that day. I got it. I love those days. Yeah. So I'm going to have one of those today. 
Yeah. It's hard to judge products all at once because you can't tell how they individually affect you. Last month, I was a judge for the High Times Cup, and I received 28 one-gram samples of flour, and I was supposed to say which one was the most delicious or which one was the most effective. And after about three, it's kind of hard to You're tell like, they're them all apart. great they're all so effective yeah. <laughs> so how did you space it out throughout the day so that you could tell the difference well this was a, just a flavor test just, we only tested for, for flavor, flavor right brandon right. yeah and so this wasn't a high test so i could just do it back to back to back to back but she got very high just yeah. to clarify yeah well, and i then will I say the day high. before was when we had the meeting with the norcal team and when they had brought those down and you and i had and it was an end of day meeting but I had somewhere to be after. Uh-huh. I did not. No, you did not. Our meetings have turned into... And she was like, just try this flavor. Just try this flavor. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. But it I'm ended really up working in- out great. I'm really into Jolly Ranchers. You know, I love green apple and I love blue raspberry. Like all those fake flavors, but they oh, yeah. taste so it's good. Not, not for me. No, I know. Mm-hmm. That's not for everybody. So I've got to get away from my saccharine. I think it's hard when you're designing a product, too, to get away from, like, we're all so self-centered in our lives. Of like, yeah. That, that what I like is the very best thing. Right. Now everyone's yeah. going to like it. And I'm sure you're probably going through that as well. Of What's the difference between the thing that I like and what everyone else will like the best? I'll say the samples were the one thing, though, that normally I can pick out what she would like based on her history. And a lot of the flavors she picked, I was surprised by. That I think more people will enjoy them than just what she would gravitate towards. So I think that says a lot, too. Cannabis doesn't always translate to, like, your your other tastes or your other preferences because it is a different experience. Like, yeah. smoking something or, you know, okay. having a nibble of something is a lot different than gorging. Yeah, and I also don't like... I mean, I'm moving away from, I love the edibles. That's where I started. That was my entry point. Now I'm moving into the vape pens, but I get a little wheezy when I smoke. I think I might have emphysema or onset something. I don't know. Last night I was in bed breathing funny. So I don't want to make sounds when I breathe. I'm just like, I'm not ready for that. Sissy smokes a lot of the joints. And you don't smoke joints yet, right, Brandon? You're not there yet? I smoke a lot of joints. He's still flowering. I don't like... The process of smoking a joint. I don't like, I don't like the process either. I don't or... like the ashtray. I don't like, I'm never going to finish a whole joint. So I'm going to put it out and then leave it there. And then what? I have to cover it. Well, that's why we're creating sustainable packaging for your brand mm-hmm. so that there's somewhere to put it. Right. You but could put it inside of yourself if you want to. That but wouldn't that be also good. is not medically recommended. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I just, I pr- it's not even about the task for me. It's just more about the product. It's not that I don't like the vape pens. I do. I'll use them when needed, you know, but like if I'm in an environment where I'm like, oh, I need to get a little bit more stoned, I'll smoke on a vape pen because that's what is there. But if I can always smoke a joint, I do just because I prefer the product and I prefer the flower and I prefer the high. It also keeps you stoned for longer. How than long does pens. a joint keep you stoned for? just depends on how much of the joint you smoke and what you know if it's a strong flower yeah. mild flower but you could be stoned for like an hour on oh a joint, yeah right oh yeah and there's something old school and secret yeah. about the act of sharing a joint with someone yeah because before when we would get stoned when it was illegal and everyone smoked pot at some point and if you haven't then i don't know what your problem is but like the last time I smoked pot, I was living in LA, I was living in Santa Monica, I got really, you know, you don't know what you're smoking, so you don't know what it's laced with or what kind of weed it is, and usually it was fine, but you'd always get some stuff that was really shitty, you know, or tastes like parsley or whatever they did in high school. And I remember driving home from Santa Monica, I was high as a kite, 2.30 in the morning, so paranoid, so paranoid, and driving on that street, California, that mm-hmm. runs parallel to Wilshire, and just 
remain convinced that a police officer was behind me. And I was like going from street to street. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And you know, you know, that paranoia grip is so scary. And you're just like, I'm such a loser. I pulled over to the side of the road on like 23rd Street, got out of my car, hid in a bush for four hours because I was waiting for the cops to pass me. (laughs) For four hours. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? This is no way to live. I was 22 waitressing and it was just a typical night for me to be sleeping in the bushes anyway. But like I at that point, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. My neck hurts because I'm so fucking stressed from like looking out like a crackhead. But a lot of people talk about their paranoia and their level of paranoia when they smoke weed. So let's discuss that and how to avoid it. Yeah. Because that also is coming from a fearful place. It is. And I'll still sometimes get paranoia. Like I I called you not that long ago and I was like, oh, my God, sissy, I got way too stoned tonight. Remember? And you were like, don't get in your head. You're fine. Like, I think that, you know, that's going to. I I I I don't know. Anna Ray can speak more to maybe the the science behind why that happens to you know with cannabis. But what I always tell myself, and I've worked on this, is at the end of the day, I'm like, you're fine. Enjoy it. Like you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. And when you're in those circumstances where you're feeling paranoid or vulnerable, just switch up the circumstance. Like you you know, I recently got in a car after dinner one night and I was like, Ooh, I think I'm too stoned to drive. And I pulled over and I didn't drive until I felt really like I was totally fine. I think that was the same night that I called you. It was. I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to wait for you to come around on that. I'm like, like, I knew (laughs) it's the same situation. Yeah. But you have to be like, you're like, there's just also to be, you can be responsible. Like you can, control those situations of paranoia and they happen less and less and less and less and less well as soon as you get more comfortable with yourself you become less paranoid so we all have those issues of it it's not like anybody's immune from it it's just more people are more but can i tell you something and rich always says this to me and i have more paranoia if i go out and i get wasted right? Mm -hmm. And I'm in a social environment amongst friends or acquaintances or whatever it is. I wake up the next day more paranoid. About what you said? About what did we say? What did I say? What did I do? Did I say goodbye? Forget any of it. But like, you know, whereas that paranoia to me is such the worst feeling. feeling. It's the worst to wake up and not know what the fuck you did. Yeah. And like that does not happen if you get too stoned, you know right. what I mean? Right. Like nothing happens. That's yeah. how you know nothing happens because you were yeah. stoned and you didn't do anything. Totally. I think that legalization helps the paranoia too because I think so much paranoia has come from people feeling like they were doing something wrong and then you get elevated and lifted and then you're like, oh my God, this is wrong. I'm doing something illegal. Oh my God. And now people don't have to feel that anymore. Yeah. And that I think... Already, I think that's, like, that's for you, the OG pressure. professional. I think for <laughs> because you probably are a very high functioning cannabis user, whereas yeah. for the people who aren't high functioning cannabis users, like they don't know how to work through yeah. the times of when that paranoia hits. Like that's when it becomes, I think, a little bit of the fear that totally. comes into it. And I think in so many ways the process of being paranoid, the process of like being really high are not bad in Mm -hmm. the end. It's just once you get through it and get on on the other end, like hopefully some of the cobwebs are cleaned out a little bit up in your brain. I think about that of all of the, the pathways in our brains that 
are the patterns that we get caught up in. And, and sometimes substances, whether it's cannabis or psychedelics or meditation, all of these things are like creating new pathways in our brains. And that just opens up more choice for us to be able to experience the world differently yeah. and to feel better about ourselves as humans. And it's confidence, right? It's just when you start to have that paranoia, that just means that your confidence is impaired a little bit. And so, you know, I've always worked. I've always worked through it in in continuing. Like if I get into that zone where I start to go to dark places, like oh my god, there's a ghost in your house, you know? Like, well, that's I, so stupid. I go to like paranoia places. Seriously. Do you believe in ghosts? No. No. But, I mean, you well, know, I do actually. And I, I. But I don't believe in them haunting but, but me. But no. But I'm sa- or like I'm afraid there's going to be an earthquake or whatever. Like whatever yeah, starts get, no, to no, no, paranoia. No. You know, like when when Rich was gone hiking the few, yeah, a few weeks ago yeah. with Sydney, he went hiking. With her oldest, her eldest, and they, and well, he did fall off a bridge on that trip, so that was traumatic. So, but he was gone and didn't call her way. Well, didn't have service. Didn't have he service. Fell off a bridge. Well, Maybe that was mother's intuition. It was. So let's just not talk about it because that's a sen- get sensitive paranoid. subject. <laughs> but she got really. You did get in a state. Oh, and but yeah. you were right. So that's not a good example because you were right about your Look, hunches. At the end of the day, like I said, I think that the paranoia comes with confidence. Like I, I have found that I get less and less and less and less and less, almost to the point of no paranoia now when I get stoned because I am confident in your ability to get my ability yeah my ability to get stoned but just how to work through it like the when that paranoia starts to trigger in my head I I really have been able to work through it and probably because of the cannabis to be honest with you well I think a lot of the confidence that you're talking about comes from knowing your limit too so you have to test sometimes you have to go over what you, you should because you have to learn like okay that threshold for me is too far like I I can't hit that joint this many times or I can't take this many edibles. So you have to have those moments of lack of judgment to realize like, okay, this is a a good level for me. Just like drinking, like, okay, I can't have six vodka sodas. Like I need to stick to, this is my comfort level for a good buzz. It is. It's hard though. It's funny because you get to a place where you start to, when you're drinking less, you start to notice how much more everyone else is drinking. And Mm -hmm. I don't like to be in that position. I don't want to be judgy about people. So like you have to really back it up. Cause so, because when people, especially my friends, are like, what are you doing? Oh, are you drinking, you know? Are you not drinking? What are you doing? I'm like, I always have to tell everyone, I'm stoned. Don't worry. I'm on your level. I'm just stoned. Like, I'm here with you. Because my friends are drinkers, a lot of them. And they are, I, they're, you know, probably worried that... What? <laughs> I'm just thinking when we were... In- are you thinking of my Brentwood Housewives group? Well, that too. That Bre- was Brennan is very, very sensitive about me becoming... A Brentwood housewife. I think it's just like this transition. Like she's no, just no, gonna wake I... up one day and be a Brentwood housewife. Or she's gonna have a husband there. I don't know. She's gonna have kids and she's gonna be unbearable. I mean, those women. Yeah, I know. Most of them, not and all of them. Brandon, I've had some Brentwood parties at my house for friends. I have a lot of friends that are Brentwood moms and. Listen, uh, I'm I am technically a Brentwood mom. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. My so kids that's go to Brentwood. A, so, so I have to, but I have to not be defined by that, Allison. Nothing defines me. But do you know what I was really laughing about? I define Jesus me. Christ. Maybe you can redefine the Brentwood mom. <laughs> She's gonna have to with her weed line. That's what's gonna happen. Well, that's what we're working on. Aren't we trust me to that school I'm, in Brentwood? Isn't that a maybe? I am a Brentwood. I'm mom. the one who I go. To, I'm sponsoring. the one who goes to the to the party the party books with my girlfriends and I have some wonderful wonderful girlfriends that that go to our Brentwood moms that I adore and I love so much and I'm always the one like who wants a bean who wants a joint who wants a vape and they all look at me they're like 
we wish we could be as open as you are with it and like embrace it the way that you do. You know, one of my closest friends, mom of three boys, has her own business and she is just so petrified to take that jump and and well, send her over to my house. I'll get her on the straight. Uh, trust and me, I've tried. And her husband is an active cannabis user too. And like, I'm like, I promise you, it will change your life for the better. And she knows it. She knows it. I She's would like, like to do a retreat where we just take a bunch of women who that. are just tight assed and need to relax. You know what I mean? They need to chill out for a weekend, <laughs> and we just get everybody fucking stoned. And Have you just heard sit about there. ganja yoga? Ganja yoga. <laughs> yoga is where you lost me. I'm not there yet. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe that should be our launch party for the brand. I do work out high now, too. So that's something I've oh, yeah. transitioned into doing. That's I don't work out high. I also don't go to work high. That I have a hard, like. Except for today. I defi- Well, this I don't consider working. Mm-hmm. Me neither. <laughs> Whenever I'm with you, it's not considered working. It's so much fun. That's the thing is, like, you have to be responsible as, at the same time. I run a business. I have three kids. Like, I have to be wise and be responsible, which I think feel like I try very hard at that. So I don't go to work stoned ever. I put boundaries on it. I make sure that it's in a safe place in my house. We lock it up in lock boxes so that my kids can't get to it. You know, like we are responsible cannabis parents. <laughs> and we're out. We'll be back next Stutters. Thursday with a cannabis new episode responsible of can- Life Will Be the Death of Me. Consciously cannabis. And Brandon. <laughs> Okay, Brandon, do you want to add anything at the end of this podcast? I know you always like to have the last word like Lawrence O'Donnell. I do. Uh, You know, just that the information that everyone got in the podcast just kind of grazes the surface, but a big part of your cannabis line is going to be continued education or yes. enhanced education. Enhanced educative and educative component, because I think that's what's missing. And that's what helped me really launch into cannabis in terms of being a user. And, you know, now I've gotten a little carried away, so I've got to dial it back. But there's just so much out there to try. But I want people to know exactly what they're taking, what time of day to take it, what are the circumstances so that you can have like a good experience every single time to get your head on straight. There is going to be an educative component because I want everybody, I want transparency to be key in this brand. And I, you know, always want everyone's feedback. And yeah, that's it. I'm coming to do stand-up shows. We added second shows to Vancouver, to Toronto, and Indianapolis. And to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where my other sissy lives. And I'm coming to New Zealand, and I'm coming to Australia, to Brisbane, and Sydney, and Melbourne, and I'm coming to Auckland, and that's in two weeks. So if you don't have tickets to that, please get them. You can get tickets at livenation.com, and you could go to my Countable page. Uh, you could follow Emily's List on Twitter, on all social media platforms to look for progressive candidates to back. And we only have a couple of episodes of this podcast left. So I am going to schedule a very big surprise. It'll be a surprise. Bye. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Your time for real summer fun is here. 
So ditch the boredom and hit up your local mini dealer because the mini summer of drive event is happening now. Get a new mini Cooper hardtop two door starting at $229 per month for a 36 month low mileage lease with $2,999 due at signing. Visit miniusa.com slash east for details. That's miniusa.com slash east and see what it's like to drive something this fun at the summer of drive event with mini. Life Will Be the Death of Me is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.